What a waste. It's not that bad. Look, maybe if we had some sponsors, we wouldn't have to buy parcels of land in Antarctica. Not parcels. It's a recording studio. It was a tent. A tent bundled with a cable package. Skinamax is supposed to be great this time of year. What? Is it seasonal? I guess we can find out now. Wait, what's this? United States National Science Institute. Station 4, huh. And a dog. Hey, boy, look at you. Did that, uh, angry Norwegian man just blow himself up? <laughs> it seems the fjord cast was correct. Alright. Jesus. Uh, let's just see if we have working comms. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm an expert at... Yeah, Norse code. I get it. Please stop. Before I, uh, you know, before I wish I was never born. <laughs> oh, man. Can't stay mad at you. Uh... Maybe this trip wasn't so bad after all. Oh, my God. Buddy, your jaw just fell off. Wow, okay. I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. <laughs> and I see you brought seafood. Ah, fuck. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special treat. Welcome to the third episode of the new and improved podcast from the Black where we metaphoric uh, Where we metaphorically slice and dice our way through horror films of old and new. I'm Brian. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So today we have a guest with us, Corey. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, uh, Corey Clark is my real name, but I go by Poltergeist OD. I'm a horrorcore rapper. I rap about horror movies like from the perspective of the villains. So like... My latest one was Chucky. Check it out on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you can stream. Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely. I was listening to enjoyed. some of it before the episode. It's really cool, man. Yeah. Haven't written one about the thing yet. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm be... expecting that. I'm waiting. <laughs> um, Minute biological cell wrap. Interesting. <laughs> That's a new goal. <laughs> All right. So today we are covering John Carpenter's The Thing. 1982, where McCready, a.k.a. Kurt Russell, and a bunch of old nerds come face-to-face with an extraterrestrial being <laughs> that only a Japanese salesman would deem too sexy for his eyes. And also, the movie is actually a commentary on how we should never take in stray animals. Because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so, you managed to offend a lot of the world in that. I think that's interesting. Not exactly what the movie was. But... Brian, you should know me. I aim to displease. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you want to dwell in this section, and I need to push you out of it. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the guts of the film. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Okay, so I always like to remind myself that we get to look at this as a classic horror film. Like, I'm looking back at it already knowing the thing, the iconic scenes were already in the kind of the cultural consciousness by the time I came around. So we didn't really get to see how shocking and surprising it really was. We didn't get to really... We weren't there for the hate as well. Exactly, man. I, I mean, we've, we've got a section later on where we'll, we'll go into some reviews. There is some scathing criticism here. 
Like, people thought it was the downfall of society when this movie came out. Real film critics thought it was senseless and, and pointless. It was not well liked. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Only, now it's kind of like anyone talking about film and horror, they put this up there in their top 10. It's just such a vital movie. It's, it's just incredible. It's an easy top 10. Yeah, totally. I, completely random question for Mr. Poltergeist OD over here. Uh, what is your favorite scary movie? Honestly, the Maniac remake with Elijah Wood is my favorite scary movie. No way. Awesome. Uh, I, I, I was expecting, man, I, I appreciate your, your bold answer. I would have, it would have taken me five minutes to figure that out. I actually watched that recently. Nick, uh, you and I both did for our Maniac. Uh, we were doing both at once, actually. That, oh, we that lost was a bad, the episode, didn't we? That, Jesus. that was a bad day because what we recorded like almost an hour's worth of uh, content and I realized I didn't even turn my mic on. So we had to go back and redo oh, it. Geez. And then the file yeah. became corrupted. So it's just this whole clusterfuck fest of diarrhea. Yep, like a hurricane happens. of diarrhea, I guess. Um, speaking of <laughs> which, <laughs> we actually did cover uh, this f- um, film back in the day. But that I, I file- believe with a three hour long episode before we knew what the hell we were doing. Yeah, that 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 maybe should have been lost, right? <laughs> I would spend three hours on that. Man, it it was I think we walked everybody through scene for scene the entire film and it turned out longer than the original movie. It's like we need to stop what we're doing. Corey, what's your background with the thing? I recently spent seventeen hours uh, watching the bonus features nice. on the screen nice. edition. <laughs> That's some dedication. Yeah, I fucking love That's this. That's cool. Movie. So I didn't know about this. What, what's this uh, bonus content like? It's amazing. It's full of interviews. Uh, oh, this is just the DVD copy here. But what I like to see is like the storyboarding. That's yeah. really interesting to me to see like the ideas before it's even put in front of a camera. Man, I love that stuff. I um, I was amazed to find out. I was doing some research on the, the production of the film. I was shocked to discover that my favorite horror movie of all time was written by the guy who wrote Bad News Bears and Bad News Bears Go to Japan. Those were his other screenplay credits. <laughs> but that's awesome. I, I have, I mean, wow, what an interesting man <laughs> to have given us this tone poem of dread and violence and then to create uh, comedy classics in, in the past. Wow, that's something. Nick, Nick, did you say you were reading through Who Goes There? Yeah, I was planning on getting that novel after I finished uh, Jurassic Park. It's really interesting. I was kind of flipping through it. It's very much in the vein of like hard science fiction. Like you kind of have your like um, Richard Paul Rousseau's and your Arthur C. Clarke's and your Isaac Asimov's. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to write about scientists dealing very pragmatically with cosmic terror. And I like right. the idea. That's what Who Goes There initially was. It had 40 people in it. It had livestock. It was a full compound. But for the movie, they really sized it down. I can't imagine how challenging it would have been to translate this book into a movie from a guy who wrote two comedic classics, right? And he's just jumping into this cold. And then became like one of the number one cult classics of all time. Yeah. And it it seriously lost the people who worked on it a job for a while. When it came out and, and people realized how bad the reception was, um, a lot of big movie studios cut ties with everybody involved, not knowing that this would later be like a Criterion classic type film. Yeah, it was definitely ahead of its time. I'd be interested to know that if I would like it or dislike it when it came out in theaters. Yeah. Like if I was yeah. in that moment 
would I like it? Mm-hmm. I think I would, but I mean, it has a cult status already. Yeah, I'm only 29, so yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. That does a lot of lifting for it. I mean, back then it was hard to like the thing. Now it's expected, right? Like this is going to be on someone's list. It's one of those you haven't seen yeah, movies, right? <laughs> and it's just it's too easy for that to be your favorite movie, right? It's an easy choice for me to love this film, but back then, man, I mean, I'd be defying a lot of societal norms and you know entirely ignoring film critics who are yelling that this is um as you'll see later people calling it instant garbage and all all sorts of writerly insults um i like a lot of trash though yeah it's good <laughs> and there's it's, nothing wrong with that yeah it's there's really nothing wrong with that we we like our b movies here <laughs> dude bro party massacre 3 is another one of my I favorite have, movies i have i have yet to see it but i've heard Me good neither. things we might need to we might need to look into <laughs> that and get you back on nick do you have any big big bullet points here on your that you want to talk about about the film oh my god where where do i even start honestly i can't put myself in like i can't imagine sitting there for the very first time and watching the thing because that that nick is gone <laughs> i don't remember him at all <laughs> uh but i definitely i would i would have to say i I would watch this film over and over again. There's no if, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, I yeah. It's a slow burn. Some people don't have the tension span nowadays to sit down and watch a slow burn film, but that's where I kind of that that's my that's my little niche there. That's what I enjoy yeah. the most is when you take the time to build up the horror, build up the terror, and then. Uh, reward the uh, the viewers uh, with with some horror, and and I, I like I like classifying effects. this as a slow burn yeah. because it, it's such like a a hard classification because at, at one point this film takes I guess you could say a while to get going, but it also starts going maybe fifteen thirty minutes in we don't just see a glimpse of the thing mm-hmm. we see it right. in all of its glory there's nothing left to wonder about. And then somehow the film gives you 30 more things to, to be left curious about. So it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to talk about Alien really quick. In Alien, we get a xenomorph on a ship. It hides in the vents. And slowly throughout the film, it never looks the same twice. It evolves. That's good horror. This film does the same thing. Rather than hiding in the vents and evolving, it can mutate into any of the millions of species it's come in contact with. And it hides in people. It's fucking brilliant. Honestly, I'm I'm very curious. What were your thoughts on the 2011 2011 uh, prequel remake of oh, the thing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or did you watch this? Did you watch the 2011 one they did? I did when it came out. I haven't watched it since. I just yeah. have no interest, really. So it's so bad. It feels like a uh, built for sci, made for sci-fi. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, <laughs> that is. When they went into the spaceship and saw pixel things flying up and teleportation and, like, LED lights in the ship, it entirely obliterated the sense of mystery and awe that the thing, the initial film, was supposed to say, where they say, look, we found a UFO, and we can't go in it. That's good narrative, man. It's just like, we found something that crashed here 100,000 years ago, and guess what? We're not going to look at it. Just like an alien, I shouldn't do this. But on the exomoon, they say, look, we found the derelict 
a crashed relic of an ancient civilization. And guess what? We're not even going to talk about it. We're just going to move on. Uh, when Nick and I did our episode, I think I brought up the soundtrack. It wasn't just a slow bass line like the original thing is. It felt like a film score, which is a clear misunderstanding of what made the original thing great. And The subtlety is what makes it scary. Yeah. It's almost not there. I think that's it. it. It's almost like what people used to call furniture music before Brian Eno turned it into uh, ambient music, right? Uh, Eric Satie and people like that. They're making music that literally just melded into the background. It just went away. That's what a good film score does. It just it gives you a taste of emotion and atmosphere, but it isn't the focal point. I, I could make a connection to the metallic clanging in the soundtrack of Alien, but I will not do it because nobody wants to hear me go on about that movie. <laughs> if we didn't watch it so recently, my mind wouldn't be fixed on it. But Episode 3.5. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to like take the, the, the floor. I, I feel like I tend to get greedy with our time here. Corey, is there anything you saw in this film that you just really wanted to talk about or anything like that? The feeling of dread and bleakness. Like, it's yeah. just darkness at the end i feel like that's why people didn't like it because there's no happy ending there's no solution at all it keeps going in your mind because you don't know if the thing is going to survive with one of these guys and that's what makes it so scary it's not over Mm. yeah i think that's it man like it's like they realized that the horror of the film was in the uncertainty of where is it and at the end there, the initial ending, uh, one of them, the, the original screenplay writer made it, both of them were the thing. And Carpenter threw it back and said, that's way, no, we're, that's insane. We're not doing this. And they rewrote it and he said, okay, let me lean into that anxiety. And now it's suddenly just sharing a drink and watching essentially the world burn. Yeah, it's just and my casual, I, I feel... it's just my casual Sunday, just watching the world burn. <laughs> with, with a drink in your hand. Bleeding profusely from all points in your body. Yeah, Nick, I, I know. <laughs> I like to keep it kinky. So I, I feel we're just going to keep running this into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Nick, tell me tell me your, your feelings on why this film continually gets our attention. I think Holy kind of hit, hit the, uh, the nail on the head when uh, he was talking about Dread and... The fact that there's no happy ending, I completely... That's probably why I love the movie so much. Not necessarily... Uh, <laughs> like, one half, I do love the, the, the suspense, the, the terror, the claustrophobia that I, that I get from the film. But the musical scoring knows when to shut the fuck up and not be right. a... Uh, I, guess, I guess a needle in a hay... Not, not a needle in a haystack... An irritant, I guess. Um, sure. Dust in your eye, whatever. <laughs> uh, it never overpowers what's happening on the screen. Right. Yeah. I feel like some movies tend to get a little overcarried uh, when they're when they're scoring something. When something intense is happening, I think that's when the music should sort of falter off. But uh, over, I, yes, it, yeah. If you will, you let me play into that. I love that idea. It. What you just said there, I shouldn't do it. Alien does that, but this film does it too brilliantly, man. I, because I have there, to stop there is a you. scene. 
in i have to stop you right Please there do. i love i love I how give me a, a virtual slap on the wrist whenever i do you're this. trying so hard not to keep making comparisons to alien but you say i'm not gonna we talked do it about it for two hours i can't keep going <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna do it, it should be out of my system by now but and the then you end up great, doing man. it go ahead i'm gonna <laughs> There's shut up a moment in the compound where there is a a mother-like computer dr cooper uses the computer and what this completely silent film sequence does is give you the stakes of the thing's existence we don't get film cues giving us sharp like crescendos and arpeggios all this crazy orchestration telling us oh look this is really dramatic don't you believe it no Mm -hmm. they just complete silence and the computer says essentially probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism 75 percent that is the first real thing we can stake on the fact that well if it could imitate dogs couldn't it couldn't imitate people and that's a big revelation and then the next thing is even better again pure silence if it reaches a civilized area the entire world population would be infected within 27,000 hours from first contact and that's where that pit in your stomach starts yeah because this isn't just a scary movie this is leaning into cosmic dread existential dread we nick and i we we, you and i've talked about this all the time with the movies we cover right it's not enough to show us a scary thing on the screen alien didn't do that there were scary things there shit i should (laughs) alien wouldn't do that there were scary things there i should stop talking about it but it was this creepy hr giger like perversion throughout the film i'm gonna cut you off there would be i know i need to stop i'm gonna cut you off it added (laughs) into the dread man it wasn't just a xenomorph coming out of the vents and screaming at you that works it works on its own right it was the eerie psychosexual artwork of hr giger it leaves it all up to you yes you make most of it up in your head and that's where it can get really scary because nobody knows what scares you more than you how deeply dreadful that that story is man like not just an alien coming to earth and killing people it is something that could unmoor society if it merely walks by you that's it and it just so happened to have crashed in an in a entirely isolated part of the world that's it that's the only thing stopping us from oblivion what great screenplay writing all right i think i ran through the majority of the things i wanted to talk about i'm gonna be nick save me what do you i'm what gonna do you be have? quite honest with all of you i had no time to prep um so I'm being a little... You're announcing it? I'm, I'm announcing between it. us. <laughs> no, I'm announcing it. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you because uh, I was a little busy okay. uh, over the weekend. So a little, a little partying <laughs> here and there, uh, horror movie marathons. But I just didn't end up uh, getting to watch the uh, film again. Um, but I know in my, in my heart of cards that uh, I really, really <laughs> do love this movie. Uh, I don't have necessarily anything negative to say about it uh do you think that's that's it for the guts of the film do you think we should move on um let's see um i do there is a possibly entirely irrelevant thing i want to talk about which is the thing video game oh At my one god point, that, i just need yes. to i need to touch on it i don't know where that belongs i don't know if that's I believe the, that's canon. the film thing or i believe it's canon is it yeah 
I, right. I think this so. This would be an act, the only actual sequel. Yeah. What system was this for? PS2. This was, I believe, PS2. And Xbox. And here's the, all right, let me, we're going to talk about the theme, the, the, the Thing video game, which to me, in theory, sounds like the greatest thing that was ever invented, but apparently it, it, it had some issues. But in theory, listen to how brilliant this is, all right? It, it was after the events of the prequel, which wasn't out yet, and The Thing, uh, essentially a military group comes and swoops into this, this uh, research station and tries to clear it. You play in a squad all the time. I think there are procedurally generated squad members, but some are actually scripted for narrative sake. So at any moment, your team members can reveal that they are the thing. Sometimes it's a bit scripted and not, not too cool, but you actually, almost like Resident Evil style, go into your inventory and give them blood tests to check periodically if they are or not. If you accidentally point a shotgun at their head while you're turning a corridor, a, a corner, their trust will go down. There's a trust meter. If their trust keeps going down, for instance, if you take them into suicidal missions, they will not like you that much. It'll keep going down, keep going down. They can get scared if they're in the dark. If they walk by a gory mess that you made when you threw a frag grenade at one of these things, they will get terrified, disgusted, they'll throw up. Their mood-lit bars will drop in, like, the darkest version of The Sims I've ever heard of until they <laughs> shoot themselves in the face or shoot you. That's incredible, man. Why didn't this work? Uh, there's more, too. Like, each member is a class. So if you lose one of these members, you might lose an engineer or a medic, which would make the game harder to beat. I okay, mean, I'm going to ignore everybody saying that there were problems with it and just buy it. Isn't that great? I mean, that's it incredible. It sounds sick. Yeah, right. I love it. And even like you get trust among your, your squad, even based on things that you give them. It has kind of like a Resident Evil inventory management system. So if you give someone a pistol, they'll be like, all right, you heartily trust me. And they'll harbor some secret resentment. But if you give someone a shotgun, they're like, oh, man, this guy would let me do damage to him. So he probably thinks I'm not the thing. And it's just every interaction you do has this feedback, this trust system. They'll go insane. They'll shoot you. They'll shoot themselves. If you find out one of your members is the thing, right then and there, you don't get cutscenes. Right then and there, their arms will plop off their body. Their head will open up, and they'll just run at you. Come on. That's, that's great. That is great. <laughs> I haven't played it. People keep saying that it, it isn't exactly the hidden masterpiece it sounds like, but... If the I gameplay don't. is solid, there there's a lot to love in that you know, in that theory. I, that's incredible. I don't necessarily try to follow a crowd of uh, people who hype up games or any storm, uh, any sort of uh, form of uh, entertainment, movies, music, anything like that. Uh, I kind of just I'll sit there and I will absorb the information my own in my own manner and decide for myself was this good or was this just shit or was it was it right. shit but i enjoyed it uh that's i feel it's a fair that that's fair too right because a, a lot of a lot of things i like is shit. it's fine yeah do you uh do you like uh the the hatchet series what are, you, what are your thoughts on on those films i haven't seen the last one uh that victor crowley one but uh I do love the series. I watched it recent, recently. I thought it was okay. Uh, but, yeah. Um, hmm. I completely got sidetracked. So, Nick, when you were saying that, are you kind of getting at the fact that you would give this game a shot? Oh, definitely. 
for sure. I would add it to my collection. There's a few PS2 games that I have on my list. Uh, definitely all three Evil Dead games and uh, The Thing, for sure. The The PS2 thing has like a lock-on analog stick aim that looks like it may uh, be the most irritating thing you'll ever do. And the PC port version of it, you can get free aim on the mouse, but the health bar, because they were way ahead of their time, they wanted to cut down UI. Brilliant in theory, but the health bar only shows up if you're aimed at an enemy, and the reticule is the health bar. It gradiates between red and green. And at one point, you can weaken the thing enough for a flamethrower to stop cell reproduction and to burn it into non-existence. But you need to get it there first. So if you use the mouse, you don't know how health, how, what health level any of these things have. You have to guess. <laughs> so essentially, the, the thing is basically... Um, Old school Grand Theft Auto Antarctica, because the way you described the I, the way you described the, the, the aiming uh, kind of reminded me of uh, San Andreas and Vice City. Is this your inaccurate synopsis for the Thing video game? Yes, I, I kind of buy it. I, I like it, man. We gotta cool. start talking to some designers. Oh, seriously, for sure. <laughs> I mean, tell me, okay, tell me. I downloaded the demo to the Resident Evil Two remake. And it was so cool. We can make remakes that actually take the original game and lift them up. I want that for the thing. Like, that would be incredible to get a real... I don't even really care about graphic fidelity. Just a remake that's really playable with procedurally generated um, things popping up in your squad that weren't scripted. Like, that sounds like a game that would end all games for me. (laughs) That would be brilliant. You can only dream. I have faith yeah, I know, but I have faith after that. Resident if you Evil could remake. make it online too, where like, uh, oh man, <laughs> you have your own squad and you run into other squads, yeah. and you have to kind of gain trust and distrust with each other with other people uh, along yeah. the yeah. way. Yeah, somebody can totally that would be cool. Somebody can play uh, as an infected and keep their identity hidden from other teammates. Oh man, that would oh, be yeah. So that would be a joy as long as it didn't turn into like a parlor game where it's like. <laughs> like a board game like who's who but if if that were pulled off perfectly that could be that could add all of the human nuance that the movie has achieved perfectly because there there are limits to npcs right they're they're ultimately working on a trust system a like system based on stimuli around them and the fact that you all you know that it is another person right you'd just be sitting there trying to guess yeah how they are they tricking me are they giving me a shotgun to buy my trust just to shoot me in the back later that'd be brilliant that'd be that's great. my day-to-day life i'm with this game. That's my day-to-day life that's what i do when i'm not around this is is that right when i'm not on social media when we aren't got it man we this is probably the longest guts to the film we've done um no i nick i guess it's time to yeah to eulogize the thing Q- yeah cue may rod lane rest in peace audio cue that i made on mixcraft at midnight play it ashes to ashes dust to dust Today we are here to to burn John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. You lived a very long life and you will be forever in our hearts. Um, hmm. We're nailing this, Nick. Lore friendly so far. Keep going. You got it. You were a piece of shit in reality. No, I'm okay, kidding. Okay, that's not what we're doing. Uh, 
no, over, overall, I think I think this is uh, very deserving to say that it is my favorite of all time. Uh, nothing can really mm. compete with it besides an American Werewolf in London, because I I can't I can never make up my mind when it comes to anything. That's solid movie. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm like the chick who uh, who gets asked, "What do you want for lunch or dinner?" I'm like, I I don't know. Oh boy, all right. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> we are never going to talk about the thing on this podcast again. So I, I, I guess when we eulogized Alien, I oh. guess I broke that that sacred funerary promise. I but forgot. We're going to try not to talk about the thing any longer. I, I forgot. And I guess I we have, have to. to uh, yes. I have to burn it with. Um, hmm. Kurt Russell's beard. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and the computer that uh, Kurt Russell threw whiskey into <laughs> because it's a cheating bitch. The what was it? Chess <laughs> wizard. Chess wizard. Can you imagine buying a system that's just? Oh, maybe that was a cartridge. I don't know, but chess wizard. That's wonderful. Um, okay, what what am I going to? That's true. So we should, we can't bury the thing, right? We'd have to burn it. I think that was a good choice on your part. We won't be shooting it into space. It got here from space. We don't want to send it home. Right, so we did that with Alien. Not going to be cool here. So I guess we're burning it. I'm going to burn it with a copy of Bad News Bears Go to Japan, and I, I guess the uh, the film theorist who think that that the bottle was a Molotov cocktail that McCready handed over to his buddy, and he was trying to see if he'd react to gasoline or not. That's really cool, but there's no reason to think that. So I guess I might throw them in that fire too. Uh, let's see, Corey. Thank you for tolerating our very long inside joke on this show. I'm with it. <laughs> Where we essentially burn and burn and bury these things we, in a thematically relevant way. Really. So essentially, the eulogy. These are our our passing remarks. We will no longer talk about the movie on the show. So we say some kind words and send them off. If you have a kind of a, a short review of your general feelings about this and, film, what do you uh, think its biggest success was? Whatever you want to bury it with. Yeah, if he wants to. Not necessary. No, he has to. <laughs> I'm going to bury it with myself because I'm going down with this movie. Ooh, Ooh nice. I, I like it. <laughs> I love this movie. I love the fact that it's never over and that it could be so much worse. And that's... Yeah. It's such a feeling like not many movies can give you that feeling or even games until right. that online thing comes out because I'm pretty sure somebody's going to do this. <laughs> Copyright it! Man, we got it. Uh Black Lagoon Network video game studio opening up soon. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, for for sure, for sure. So I guess that that's it for our eulogy. We burnt this motherfucker to a crisp, and uh, unfortunately, yep. we burnt uh, Poltergeist OD. Um, should we give him a eulogy as well? Well, actually, he. Uh, no, we. <laughs> he'll come back. We do not. We hide if, all if evidence, was... Nick. We get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he comes back from the dead and ends up doing another episode with us, which would be totally uh, fucking awesome. Hey, I'm a poltergeist. Um, I can be anything I yeah, want. Yeah, why not? Almost like a yeah. thing. Nice. I like that. <laughs> there we go. All right. Time to all right, we're, Completely we're respect switching it. over to... Are we? Are we? <laughs> are, are you, are you uh, the captain right. of the train? Should I look at you since you're I, the captain I, now? I'm urging you at gunpoint to move on to our next segment. All right. All right. Voices from um, the other side. Well, sometimes, death is better. 
so what you, you good nick <laughs> no i was having a stroke i'm sorry oh i thought you were giving me some hand uh, cues i was trying to actually trying to i wasn't having co-host. a stroke i was lying um I, i'm getting some voices okay so let's let's get straight to the voices here it is <laughs> now we're in character play it up play it up <laughs> okay you want to go first or should i go first oh, God. <laughs> we had the momentum and you were in character you were getting the voices from the other side right? of the veil and then we just stop i'm still in character meta remark my character is myself (laughs) that sounds like it belongs on a t-shirt i am going to start okay so i i decided that i'm not going to search all of the imdb databases for for reviews that i just can't believe Mm -hmm. because nick you do a good job at that so i'm going to try to bring some diversity to this segment by looking at actual like film critic responses at the time of release of these movies i feel like that's a valuable thing to look at so this is Vincent Canby. He, he wrote for the New York Times in 1982. This is right when the movie came out. This blew my mind. I didn't know that this film had a, had a shaky launch. I had no idea. The Thing is a foolish, depressing, overproduced movie that mixes horror with, high, with, with science fiction to make something that is fun as neither one thing or another. Sometimes it looks as if it is aspiring to be the quintessential moron movie of the 80s. I don't even know what that means a virtually storyless feature composed of laboratory-concocted special effects with actors used merely as props to be hacked, slashed, disemboweled, and decapitated, finally to be eaten, and then regurgitated as, guess what, more uh, laboratory-concocted special effects. I don't don't agree, but that's some solid writing there. I would not (laughs) hang out with that person. (laughs) This sounds, it's like, you got to enjoy things in life, but I, you know, this this is what they said. Like all such movies that don't trust themselves to keep an audience interested by legitimate dramatic means, the thing shows us too much of the thing too soon, uh, so that it has no place to go. Instead, it plods along in circles from one mock horror effect to the next. The thing, which opens today at theaters, is too phony looking to be disgusting. It qualifies only as instant junk. Yikes. What a dick. Could you, man, so that, that's a New York Times film critic maybe that's a bit uh, kind of highbrow looking down on this gore cinema i this wonder film... if they regret that review now yeah yeah i'm curious about that too i i looked that up i couldn't find anything on this guy now that the film is almost unanimously considered a masterpiece i who knows what do you guys think about this where he says the thing shows us too much of the thing too soon we also kind of touched on that i think that's a little bit uh it's a misunderstanding because you see so much of the thing so that your mind can make up more so that now you know right. what it can be, what it can do. Yeah. And you make the rest up. And that's I think it's a tool rather than a fault. Totally. Uh, Nick, what do you think about seeing too much of the thing too soon? You know, honestly, I was I, again, I have nothing bad to say about this film. I loved every single moment uh every single iconic scene would you uh tie me out of this fucking chair or he said he was tired (laughs) or i'm sorry i'm my brain is uh not doing too well right now you're good man don't worry Uh, don't worry i I was kind of i was kind of thinking about what if what if they made a movie that was a uh, a scenario if the thing actually got out of the antarctic and got into uh, like a city population, and just everything went fucking right. wild. That would be amazing, I think. 
So I'm in love with that I, idea. That's so. I that's the thing that I love it in theory. I'm scared to see how a modern filmmaker would do it. If someone could pull off the dread of the end of civilization as we know it happening in motion, make mm-hmm. a huge scale catastrophe and kind of focus on it on a small scale, right. I think that movie could be so brilliant. But if I see organic masses crushing buildings, I don't know. <laughs> I think if they focused on keeping it underground, like like uh, like Chud almost, where you don't realize okay. it's happening, nobody really sees what's happening, but it is happening yeah. underground somewhere, and then all of a sudden there's the big reveal where everybody starts panicking. Def- I like that because one one thing we learned that makes the thing so disturbing is that it's so sophisticated. It isn't just a dumb creature that can imitate. It's a very intelligent life form. And it knows socially what to do to get itself. It's saved. a survivalist, right, man? So what what would the shocking survival instinct be of the thing taking over the world? It might not be crushing buildings and making itself known. It might be seeping into cities all around the world in ways that we wouldn't even recognize until it was too late. Talk about horror! That would be that would be incredible. I, I could totally buy into that. It's it's I. It would need to be that, though. Like, it couldn't be a Michael Bay version of the thing. It can't be alien to alien. Even just a novel. I think, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book right, right now called On the Beach. And it was written back in the 60s. And, and it, it's about the fear people, the mounting fear people were hearing about atomic holocaust mm-hmm. happening in the moment it was happening. And what's great about the book, it doesn't do Michael Bay. Every, really, the Russians launch, we launch one back. Now there's a small group we need to survive. The missiles have been launched. The entire book is a group of people on the beach waiting for the world to end. That's the whole book. It's looking at humanity when you know it's stopping any minute now. Radiated clouds are just flowing in. That's how you make that scary. It isn't just the idea of an explosion. It's the end of everything. You know, so much of our culture is just held in our heads. That goes away too. When the body goes, all culture The end of everything is an awesome idea for an album name oh yeah i'd buy it <laughs> yeah i'd get I'm into all it down for that. i love that idea man like yeah totally it would be the thing but I, I think you're right it would have to it would have to be cunning and quiet and have a lot of the uh i guess the masterful subtlety of the original one nick do you have anything else to say or are you ready for your voices i'm down to clown <laughs> i'm just down to clown there's there's just nothing else always up for your clowning nick not, go on <laughs> nothing else for me to say except for that down to clown um all right this one is from marcus bernicke uh and he posted mm. this on the 4th of april 2020 he titled this one good effects otherwise it's trash uh <laughs> good effects otherwise it's trash if you want trash this is it you want a story and you mm. want real characters Try literally anything else. So mundane. with the character thing, huh? So mundane. Honestly, um, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, there, there, there are... <laughs> so they, they, they aren't, like, no, over-the-top Marvel superhero characters where uh, there's no threat. There, there's a threat mm-hmm. to uh, people that you can sort of... Uh, put yourself in their situation their their shoes right so yeah uh i agree with that yeah there's i'm all for that man i mean we're seeing a pattern here with the word trash that's what the other guy said and Mm -hmm. some some offhand notion about the characters not being believable or not being fleshed out 
there's there's a nice layer of um, paranoia paranoia added added into the yeah. mixture um, when they're trying to figure out who the fuck is who, if they're really who they say they are, and uh, shit gets more intense. Person has a fucking heart attack. Like you're not you're not expecting it when you're watching it for the first time. You don't expect this person to just keel over and die. Um, hmm. which was kind of uh, I guess was kind of a shock when I saw it for the first time. Um, uh, do, can you recollect anything going on in your brain uh, when you saw it for the first time, um, Corey? When I saw it for the first time, I was drunk. So <laughs> I'll talk that. about the second the time. of any good story. <laughs> uh, when I actually did get to pay attention to it, like I said a few times now, just at the end when it's over but not, that feeling, it's like, I ha- it had me Googling it right away. If I'm on Google reading shit about the movie the second it's over, that's when I know I'm into it. Right. Yeah. I remember that. I watched this when I was way too young. Way too young. It, it was startling. I Right before that, I watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is kind of thematically relevant to this. It was one of the remakes of it in the 70s. That's and the best version, I was, in my yeah, opinion. Man, that, it, was, it was great. I mean, I, I was so deeply just shaken up i went out and sat on our my patio and just thought about the movie and i i was i could not get it out of my head for days with invasion and and the thing like it was just so deeply terrifying i knew it was more than just the images it was flashing at me it wasn't the gore it was it was the idea i like that when i watch movies like this i almost feel empty right (laughs) i love a good never had like like i'm in space and there's nothing around me and it's just everything is done i i don't know i love that feeling for some reason call me weird i love (laughs) i love a good i totally get it i love a good never happy uh, never happy after wow i fucked that up real good (laughs) no man that's just uh that's something for merch so keep it going again i'm cataloging cataloging all of your your missteps and your conscious jokes i love them all you can always they will be on mugs t-shirts you can always expect the best from me no, that was just me being facetious. Uh, I'm fucking horrible. Uh, quick, quick aside, um, one of the most recent movies to distill that sense of dread, like, oh, it's already over, and actual evil has been unleashed. Mm-hmm. Like, a natural evil. Maybe not like some malicious guy who wears a cape, right? But real, if there is evil in nature, it is a senseless survivalist, like the xenomorph, like the thing, whatever. The latest time I got that feeling was watching Hereditary. Right. When you finally get to the end. I felt it through Color Out of Space. With With what? Color Out of Space. Oh, I don't think I know that. Is that the Uh, new uh, H.P. Lovecraft adaptation with Nick Cage? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. I'll have to check that out. I I mean, I I love that. Like playing with on uh, with with those themes, just brilliant. And uh, near the end of Hereditary, where we just see brutal, brutal, very if, if if all of the satanic panic stuff was right, which none of it was, and Satanists are just weird intellectuals is what we've discovered but if there were real satanism people who were actually invoking the ultimate evil deity it would look like hereditary it would be people playing into these weird social roles to manipulate to make you accidentally sign up to these these horrible wagers and then to to hear bells and chimes and gold because king paimon has raised has risen brilliant movie absolutely loved it by the end i was just like this is solid filmmaking Okay, I, I'm going to move on here. Nick, do you have anything to say, or should I do my next uh, my next review? Go for it, man. 
Gotta go with my guy, Roger Ebert. He is the person I eternally disagree and agree with. That's a sign of a, of a good writer. 1982, Roger Ebert, right after this film was released, he says, The Thing is a great barf bag movie, but is it any good? I found it disappointing for two reasons, the superficial characterization and the implausible behavior of the scientist on the icy outpost. Characters, again, characters have never been Carpenter's strong point. He says he likes this, uh, he likes his movies to create emotions in his audiences, and I guess he'd rather see us jump six inches than get involved in the personalities of characters. This time, though, despite some roughed-out typecasting and a few reliable stereotypes, the drunk, the psycho, and the hero, I can see that there was some of that. He has populated his ice station with people who pro whose primary purpose in life is to get jumped on from behind. The, <laughs> the few scenes that develop characterizations are overwhelmed by the scenes in which the men are just setups for attacks by the thing. Because this material has been done before and better, he really liked Alien and other films kind of in this vein. And better, especially in the original The Thing and in The Alien. He, the Alien? Did he type that or is that a typo? Um, there's no need to see this version unless you're interested in what the thing might look like when starting from anonymous greasy organs extruding from giant crab legs and transmuting into a dog. Amazingly, I'll bet thousands if not millions of moviegoers are interested in seeing just that. He gave it 2.5 out of 4 stars. Alien was a 4 out of 4 for him. He considered it a classic of horror. And he sees the link between these two movies. His stance here is that this is a gore fest and there's nothing else below it. And that Alien was a tone poem of fear and dread. What do you guys think? Well, I disagree. You said crab legs. <laughs> Clearly, I we, we both disagree. But um, when you said crab legs, my, my brain immediately thought, well, that seems like a horrible event that uh, happened at Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> or Red Lobster. Just... The thing being a crap <laughs> in in a sequel to the thing. Yes, if it were anything like AVP Requiem or whatever that AVP two movie was, that is exactly oh, what we'd get. Oh, jeez, we'd literally get some some intern <laughs> screenplay writer writing like it, it like interior Joe's Crab Shack, and he eats the crab leg that a chef who was infected, and then yeah, he'd he'd become a crab. That sounds like a trauma because they'd somehow read that into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> We covered man. Uh, we we did a poultry guys for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Another classic. Yeah, because why not? Man, I ooh, don't listen to that episode if you don't want to hear me not liking it. <laughs> no, I, I like I that. It's it. unlikable. I, <laughs> That's the point. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's hilarious. Oh, Steaks. oh, oh my all God, I can I imagine is okay. is a nerdy, uh, a nerdy guy eating some bad clams, and he ends up becoming the thing through unfortunate events this needs to be a fucking movie somebody somebody do it and it would be <laughs> it would be lore destroying like he would become the thing and then start talking and like talking about his purpose it would just be like this is nothing like the original film it's just like that they always the do idea that, of Dude. eating something that somebody infected handled that's how subtle it would be are you I, that's the thing man because they talk about that in the movie where at one point he says hey we should eat out of canned food and we should prepare our own food i'm like Yes, that's. I want to hear about the tiny nuances about how this thing spreads. It isn't like it jumps out of out of its head and infects somebody, or even like impregnates it in some way, like with Alien. It is literally passed on from person to person. It could be brushing shoulders in the hallway. Too, that's terrifying. Too sexy. That's great. If you handle that right, it would be it would too be sexy. wonderful. Nick, it, what do you say? It was saying? deemed too sexy for cinema. <laughs> Is that it? That's where that's where all this backlash came from. It was okay. I see. Okay, 
these film that might say something about these film critics. Um, did I finish reading this? I did. Okay. So w what about in in this argument, Ebert kind of nests something else in there, essentially saying this film is just about gore. And I, I feel personally, this is pure speculation, completely unfounded. I feel like people were just not used to ever seeing something like this. And it just became so distracting that they couldn't register the rest of the movie. And I kind of get that. The first time I watched this film, even the first time I watched Alien or Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I didn't get how masterfully it was written or filmed. I was just startled to no end. And I could see it's how... It's almost like watching From Beyond for the first time as well, right? Like, you remember all the crazy shit, but then when you watch it again later on and you want to start thinking about it, it becomes something more. Yeah, I mean, you can really sink into it. I really wonder how much of it is, is just that. Like, these practical effects push the bar so much. And this was a mainstream release. It wasn't like an indie uh, uh, Evil Dead film, from my understanding. It was in theaters to where everyone could find it. Um, yeah, I, I think that may have just been too much. And I don't think it's a situation where the world wasn't ready for creative genius. I think it was a creatively genius movie. And it was released to an a, a atmosphere within film critics that they weren't willing to be impartial and look at it. The gore freaked them out, or they thought it was tasteless or not artistic or something. And we had to get beyond that weird uh, highbrow film criticism trend before people could say, oh man, these brutal films can be incredibly masterfully made. Um, and it's Nick, you and I have this conversation all the time about slasher movies where you've been introducing me to slasher movies that I really like, and I used to never be a guy who liked those. And it's like, there is a subtlety and brilliance to a lot of these movies, but you have to be willing to get there. Like, you need to try. You can't just immediately throw it offhand because it fits into a subgenre that, that it's, it's fashionable to not like. I, I can only speculate. Maybe it just, it's one of those films that needs multiple watches, right? Yeah, that's, that's fair. I feel too. like any fan of this film has seen it, like, five times minimum. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that, that, that's... Uh, Although... That could definitely be... Five it. times uh, is uh, the rookie numbers. You gotta pump those numbers up, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Are you your, your, gate, your gatekeeping um, thing fandom, Yes, I Nick? am. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. We got a 19 minimum here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I... You know, I finished my, my review. Now that here, I Nick. think about it, um, I should have buried the thing or burned the thing with a joint, because uh, that w I can't remember all the characters' names, but uh, whoever was smoking, um, I'd bury his joint with the corpse of the thing, just <laughs> okay. because. We'll do that. Blaze so, it. I, uh, I'm glad that we've grown as people since the last episode, where we would accidentally bury our favorite characters or living things with it and then dig them back up and decide we need to dispose of them differently i think in alien we we buried the crew of the nostromo and the people on lv426 and then we dug them back up and I shot think, them into the sun i think we're getting think better that, at this um, now like if we were to go back and uh redo some episodes which i think i think we will end up doing instead of just oh let's dig it back up and and do it again i think i think they should rise from the dead I, I think that's that's more fitting, don't you? <laughs> I I think there are a lot of sound effects opportunities in there for me. I will do it. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe you? maybe they should rise from the dead. That's good. I we're pretty much closing up. I think normally when we go from talking about the movie to talking about these like meta podcasting 
logistics stuff. <laughs> That's when the episode's over. Um, I mean, this is a great movie. I, I feel like I've, I've talked, talked into into an early grave. You talked a lot. I love about... it. I I love it. I I know. I'm now going to compare everything I watch and, and consume to it. It was the greatest movie of all time. Uh, I don't think I saw a single milk special effect at all. I'm just gonna keep bringing or, or fish eggs or fish right. eggs. I'm just gonna keep bringing that joke back every every time. Correct. Uh, Please do. And and do it in this way, where you're not you're not queuing us up and then hitting a home run. You're just kind of you're just kind of sprinkling it into your sentence. That's the Nick charm that Q, I love. Cue milk egg and fish eggs uh, segment because we're doing that now. Apparently, now, um, yeah, uh, Corey. Right. I, I'll, thank I'll you. Find a way. Thank you so much for contacting us. Uh, really appreciate it. And I personally, for me, I enjoy your music. I'm not necessarily a horrorcore fan per se. But I, I really dig your stuff. I'm more of a metalhead uh, type of music con- consumer. Fuck yeah, I feel it. I feel it. But um, yeah, I grew up. I grew up playing fucking metal on guitar, and like some of my favorite bands are like Infant Annihilator and stuff like that. I like the brutal shit, yeah. but like That's some brutal the shit. The rap, like you can almost hear it in my rap. I try to do it aggressively and yeah. mm-hmm. try to be offensive. I appreciate that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Get some feelings hurt in there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I I definitely, we appreciate having you on, man. It, it's really been a joy. Hey, um, thanks for having me. Totally. And I, I want you to just plug the life out of anything you've got going on, because you're doing some cool stuff. So where can uh, the, the three people who listen to us find you? <laughs> How can they get your uh, music? Well, on Instagram at poltergeist underscore od. Same thing on the Slasher app. By the way, shout out to Slasher. It's amazing. Nice. Um, cool. Facebook, uh, just poltergeist od. You look up poltergeist od, you'll find me. Awesome. All right, man. Um, it's been a pleasure. We, we want to have you on again. Um, maybe you can you can give us if one of your favorite that. films. <laughs> B B movies. Anything goes, man. We will have fun talking about it. So. Two Bro Party Massacre three. Oh yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do it. All right. Okay, I'm underground like Pompeii Enter into my soiree Things are gonna go my way Had a gap, but that was child's play Stick your wife with a kitchen knife And then I'll pick a fight with your mom Hey, get it right, get the fuck out of my sight Are you eating the blade like chow mein? Now it's too late to kick you leaving You wish it was only make-believe One more for the good guy, another good night You can stay asleep, they never check the car seat Off to meet the Barclays Looking like a Barbie They used to call me Charles Lee But you can call me Chucky.